Hello, and welcome to Books the Podcast, the only podcast about books. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. And we're booksmen. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm all riled up. We had an off-mic conversation (laughs) about the state of the world. Right. It's fine. We wouldn't say these things. We got into a big fight because you said it's fine, and I said, no, some things need to change. And you told me, no, everything's fine the way it is. Tom, everything is perfect. Yeah. Right now, if we could freeze (laughs) this moment in time. If we live in this moment. Yeah, it's perfect. There's uh, no complaints, no notes from me. Do you think, like... uh, uh, if somebody was like, hey, I'm going to show you, I don't know, like five minutes of uh, the news from 100 years from now, that it would make you appreciate living uh, in the time you're in right now? Yeah, I think that might be <laughs> one of the things where it'd be like, you know, when they're like, oh, if you brought a time traveler from the past, they die. <laughs> right. I think watching even like five seconds of the news from 100 years from now, yeah, um, I would just like immediately have a seizure. What if they... What if like while the person during the broadcast was like, oh, let me check my phone real quick. And you got to see what the iPhone 113 looks like. See, I'm not like you. (laughs) I don't care. what. Like if it were up to me. I mean, I guess it wouldn't matter because it's like, well, I can't get one. I don't know. Who knows? Or maybe I could invent it first. No, we might. They might cure death in our lifetime. Not before we're dead. They might cure it in our lifetime, but they'd be like, but you guys are over the limit of like who we're going to extend this to. Yeah. Or you're, you're too, uh, too far gone, too far gone. Or like, you don't have the money. Yeah. So, well, I'd have the money. It's like, well, you wouldn't have the money, Tom, probably, but I would, (laughs) you'll know a couple of people who will live forever, but like not you. (laughs) Um, there's a, uh, you ever watch, uh, on Netflix, uh, uh, death, Sex and Robots, I think it's called. Sex, Death, nah. and Robots. Um, the first season was better. but That watched... seems like two-thirds of things that you fixate on and <laughs> one-third of things that I fixate on. <laughs> um, you are really obsessed with the robots. It's weird. <laughs> um, the there, But there's like a short film. It, it's a short film uh, anthology on Netflix. But there is one where it's about like uh, uh, they cure death but as a result, nobody can have kids anymore. Right. Uh, so, but they haven't like sterilized the population or anything, which I would think, look, if this is the rule, be like, hey, when we do the procedure or make you live forever, we're, al- we're also going right. to sterilize you. But I guess they don't. They're just going on the honor system. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of seems that way. Excuse me. Um, so th- it follows a guy who's uh, like a cop and his job is to murder children. Like people that have black market, you know, you're not allowed to. So they find out Um, it's just I didn't like it. The animation was was great. Oh, I thought this was I didn't know it was animated. Yeah, it's animated. Um, I guess that softens the point of killing (laughs) children. But that was the thing. Not really, because it was very realistic animation. So it's like, all right, I get like these are the rules and everything. But like no matter what the rules are, you're going to have a hard time like you know uh, uh evolutionarily we're built to not want to uh murder children that's we find them cute because evolution has done that so that we take care of them so that when people have a baby they are just like well what are we going to do now? A lot. yeah exactly <laughs> it screams a lot it's not cute so it's on its own yeah i've seen babies that weren't cute you, would you like to name them. some yeah. of them I mean, uh, no, I haven't really. I, you know, I, I, I've heard that, you know, that people Sometimes are like, there's eh. a baby that, um, look, I, I don't think I th- I'm not, uh, Gaga over, right. Where mm-hmm. I'll see a baby and I'll be like, yeah, it looks like but a what baby. about a baby or goo goo over goo goo and Gaga. <laughs> um, yeah, I get that. Like sometimes people are like, oh my God, what an adorable baby. This baby could be in commercials. It yeah. looks, and it's like, nah, it, think, it is an well, average baby. Yeah. And I think an average baby could be in commercials. I think any baby could be in commercials. If they can take direction well, yeah. It's not, yeah, it's not about uh, looks at that point. Yeah. Told you, I was almost in a commercial after uh Dom DeLuise told my parents how cute I was. Your parents almost brought you to an audition and they didn't. 
No, they did. And I got the job and they were like, nah, we don't want our kid to become a showbiz kid. We don't want this to go to his head. But now look at me. I am a showbiz kid. I couldn't help it. Sorry. Yeah, you're a regular uh, <laughs> Mac Culkin, Tom. Yeah. Uh, showbiz uh, came a knocking twice. And the second time, I couldn't refuse its call. You had a kid when you uh, moved to L.A. <laughs> really early in the kid's life to volunteer, or not volunteer, to get paid handsomely mm-hmm. um, to have your kid uh, covered in jelly for like uh, birth <laughs> scenes in you know movies. What? Nowadays, they use animatronic babies uh, yeah, for okay. a lot of that, but they used to. Um, it used to either be like a like a two week old baby where it's just like ah oh, these parents are all yeah. fucked up or it's like here's a baby and they hand them they hand the mother in the <laughs> it's movie like, a like six month old yeah, baby it's like, it's like Jesus <laughs> she's delivered that how yeah she must <laughs> have ripped her in yeah. half um yeah, yeah I don't I don't think I would move to L A to have my uh, uh, kid covered in goo yeah. Yeah, but, well, for money, Tom, is what... The, oh, there's money involved, there's sure. There's money. The producers would pay you money. Yeah. I mean, I do... I don't know. It's a weird thing. Like, I do somewhat get the, like, kids who, you know, they've just got it. They've got star power. And I kind of understand the parents who are just like, you know what? This kid's got it. He's got yeah. star power. Let's, let's you know, see where this... Jonathan Taylor Thomas. JTT. Soleil Moonfry. Yeah. But I'm thinking even, like... uh you know, young actors nowadays. Corin like, Nemec. Like a, uh, like a, uh, <laughs> from Parker Lewis Can Lose. Yes. Uh, like Tom Holland. I think he just turned 25. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this guy has been Spider-Man for like, you know, five years already. He's and, 20. Yeah, but it's because he was like in the industry. Yeah, because like, his dad was a famous guy. Well, yeah. Uh, but that's what I'm saying, but I'm sure that's why, you know, his dad was like, oh yeah, I know how this shit works. Like nepotism. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not nepotism for him because like his dad's whole bit now is like my kid's more famous than me. His dad's a stand up comedian. Is he funny? Uh, I don't know. I can't judge if British people, if British standups are funny. Yeah, I can kind of see that. Because, like, I don't know, I don't know the vernacular that way. I don't know the slang well enough. Yeah, I feel like sometimes I see a British comedian that I think's very funny, and then like when we're you know overseas, which we haven't been in a long time, somebody will ask like, "Ah, who do you like?" And I'll mention somebody's name, and they're like, Oof. <laughs> "Yeah," and it's like, "Oh, but that's probably because they've adopted kind of a more American point of view, probably because like so much of." appreciating stand-up is is you know the point of yeah, view identifying the, yeah. with with the comedian yeah. um and then you know sometimes they'll tell us like oh you got to check this person out i'll check them out and i'm like oh, i don't get it and they're like yeah oi what's the deal with fish and chips oi it's like oh i don't i couldn't tell you the first thing about what the deal with fish and chips is everybody likes james uh acaster right yes I think so. Yeah. Because he put your name in a book. Oh, yeah. He did put my name in a book. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I haven't. I don't think that book is available in America. Um, I don't think so either. I listened to the audio book. The audio book's on Audible. I listened to the audio book. But if I'm going to be mentioned in a book, I don't want to be like, hey, listen to the sound file. I want to be like, hey, "Hey, look, I'm going to take you to Barnes and Noble. Yeah, or yeah. just I'd, I'd have a copy of it myself. Yeah, I'd show people for people that before we get hey before we get emails, Tim's mentioned because James A. Castro's book he talks a lot about our friend Jeff Rosenstock, and he mentions he, Tim. Jeff mentioned Tim in an interview, and James A. Castro talks about that in his book because I was the mastermind of a brilliant album. Yeah. You might not recognize Tim's name because it's not the name you know. What are you talking about, Tom? <laughs> Moving on. Uh, uh, and Nish, uh, Nish Kumar. Yeah. Well, he's a big also. deal nowadays. He's a really big deal. Yeah. We met him years ago. He's a very nice guy. Um, We got very drunk with him. Was he getting drunk too? Or did we just make asses of ourselves? No, he was getting drunk too. Because okay. I, I think at some point somebody like from the bar came over and was like, all of you have to stop yelling. 
<laughs> talking about golden age simpsons yeah yeah well i think it was like a couple americans are out they were probably like look, look we gotta try and be loud too yeah, yeah. Um, on, tom we're we're so entrenched in the uk look, comedy we're just scene. hobnob and left <laughs> and God. right here we can't avoid it uh that's that's one a- time we uh hung out with what was her name the queen yeah queen elizabeth herself yeah you didn't know what number she <laughs> the, the is. second. Yeah. Queen Elizabeth II. They also had to come over and say, oi, enough. Yeah. It's enough. And then she had them killed. Yeah. And then Harry came out and he mooned us. Yeah, he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And then he was like, hey, you can't be mad at me for this now, though. That, I think that's his thing now. <laughs> He's really the one understand. that uh, he's, he's the, the one that moved to America. Yeah, and he was just like, "Hey, no, that's not his thing. His thing is basically like, please fuck off, please leave me alone." No, the thing about Harry in America these days, yeah, is that they're trying to make Harry happen in America, <laughs> and I think Harry. Hey, look, we already his... learned this from Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> he came thirty years too late. Also, like, I think he missed jo- he he mm-hmm. over. Uh, Look, I think he misjudged his appeal in the U.S. and overestimated how many people in the U.S. actually care. Like, give a flying fuck about about the royals, right? And I think like there are people who really care about the royals. Americans, yeah, there are Americans who, and like, there's a they're obsessed. Yeah, but I think comparatively, it's a very small small part of the population, and so they're like trotting out Harry on like award shows and stuff, and people like okay what's yeah. this british guy doing it's like his wife from suits where's she i'd like to see her though <laughs> yeah i mean in a, in but a she's like in hiding apparently right yeah it's like if she steps out in the public the queen's gonna have her killed is from I what think i understand that's, that's the yeah. arrangement or pierce morgan is gonna have her killed <laughs> what a oh god i hate pierce morgan um yeah i think there is a weird because look in America, we have a lot of celebrities who are famous for not doing anything. But I think if you if you polled, you know, everyone in America and you were like, name a hundred celebrities, write them down. A- any celebrity you can think of. The celebrities that uh, you know, are famous from like re- you know, uh the real housewives or whatever, it's gonna be a pretty small number. Right. Um and that's what I think was kind of where it's like, yeah, Harry's famous for just being born. And right. like, yeah, we have like the Kardashians or whatever. Uh, but people still want Tom Cruise. Yeah, exactly. And Angelina they, Jolie. Tom Hanks. They want, uh, you know, yeah, they want all Tom these. Tom Holland, for Christ's sakes. Even Tom Holland. Um, Little Tom Holland. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think he. I mean, I also get that like. You know, they cut ties and they move to the U.S. And it's like, well, what else are we going to do for money? I can't just go get like an office job. And Netflix basically I mean, like their severance drew- package from the freaking uh, royal family was more money than either of us will ever see. Oh, yeah. But I'm sure they, you know, they still w- look. M- we we talked about this in the billionaires episode of our other podcast. Money's never enough. Right. There or there's never enough money. So like they want to make more money, but also, you know, I get that they don't want to be like, oh, we're living off our severance um, and they want to do stuff. And like Spotify gave them a bunch of money to like executive produce some stuff. Which yeah. Basically just put their name on some shit. Yeah. But I Netflix did the same thing, maybe. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if any of their Netflix stuff has come out yet, but yeah. Who cares? They're not doing anything. It, they, they It sounds hired... like they could, or pr- it sounds like basically Netflix was like- Put their name on things. Here's $20 million. I think it's probably up to them how much they want to be involved. Right. It's like, hey, if you want to produce a show, go for it. But if you just want to put your name on things, that's fine too. Yeah. We don't really care. That's cool. I mean- but I mean, that's what I would if I were like, you know, famous for nothing and rich for nothing. And then, you know, but my supply of like new money cut out and Netflix was like, hey, 
do you want to be a producer? We'll pay you $20 million. I'd be like, hell yeah, I want to be a producer. I'll figure it out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And like, or be like, okay, I'm going to hire a guy. Right. And he's going to do that. And I'm going to pay him like, what, uh, uh, one one hundredth of what this deal is. And he's going to make the decisions and I'm going to put my name on it. Or he could even be like, you know, I'm going to have my butler Jeeves do it. Did they bring all their butlers with them? I assume. I think the butlers are assigned at birth. And yeah, it's a, it's a lifelong contract. And they're like, oh, yes, sir, I'll produce the new series. <laughs> like the idea of that guy being like the line producer. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a sitcom. <laughs> oh, I'm very stressed about getting everything together. <laughs> I've never done this before. <laughs> Uh, ah, the Royals. The Royals. When will they learn? Learn? They don't have to learn anything. <laughs> learn They to... just get money for being born. Yeah. Well, for being a tourist attraction. Huh. But then also, you know, it seems like it sucks being a tourist attraction. I think that was basically Harry's thing where he's like, I get it, but I don't want it. But no, no, because then he comes here and he's the thirstiest fucking guy in America. That's kind of true. Has he been DMing you? Is that what you're talking about? He's he's sliding into so many DMs. He wants to get on this show. Not even the other show. He wants to get on our Patreon show so bad. We got Harry, Prince Harry. <laughs> yeah. On this show. Mm-hmm. Do you think we could get a thousand patrons? <laughs> I would hope so. Especially if. If it was like, you know what this month's book is? The fucking Queen's Diary. Oh. Harry has smuggled it to New York and we're reading it. And we've told him he can't wear that Nazi costume that he wore to Halloween that that's, one time. That's, that's off, off limits. The limits yeah. Even though he's like, but chaps, it's a podcast. They can't see me, can yeah. I? Like, no, Harry, you can't wear it. We can see you and we don't like it. He'll talk about how it's satire too. Yeah. Tom. It's like Mr. Bean, in it? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sympathetic to that <laughs> argument. You think Mr. Bean is satire? <laughs> <laughs> Biting satire. <laughs> it speaks to me. It speaks to my generation, Tom. Tim, this week I finished a book for the first time in my life. Wow, really? Yeah. Actually, I didn't even finish this book because the last 20 pages, at least in the edition, uh, I'm going to show it to you. Ooh, it's got an eye on the it cover. It is a cool cover. I it's like the this eye design. of Big Brother himself. Can I it, see it? It's uh, red and black, which I- I yeah. really like your bookmark. It's got a tassel on it. Tim- Did you get this when you graduated? <laughs> Tim, that bookmark was uh, a gift from my girlfriend's mother huh. as part of a uh, a gift box full of Irish trinkets and snacks. May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. Have you ever heard that before? Um, that's uh, uh my uh my the Irish side of my family cites that a lot. Yeah, it's a it's a real big uh saying it's it's the uh american equivalent of uh you got to sing one to drink one <laughs> <laughs> which has been lost to time <laughs> right but it's gonna come back commercial. no that you commercial you can't find it anywhere well tim not even on daily motion that that's boy i could i could tell you stories about daily motion from my days in the early web video oh really not really it was just like daily motion sucked well it, it has a lot of stuff that youtube doesn't yeah, have Yeah, because nobody bothers like copyright <laughs> striking stuff yeah. on daily motion they're based in france i believe or they were mm, the french yeah um well tim similar to how you can't find this commercial a lot of 1984 and the the last part in particular is about uh if if something only exists as a memory does it even exist as all at all did it even happen hmm. so you didn't so you didn't finish the book is what you're saying <laughs> I, no i did <laughs> there's an appendix called the principles of newspeak yeah i didn't it seems read... like you got two pages in yeah. judging by your bookmark <laughs> i didn't read the afterword or the newspeak uh, don't you want to know appendix i don't I... you want to read the afterword who's it by 
It's not George Orwell. Eric Fromm. Yeah. Didn't you want to just like steal his thoughts about it and then present no, Tim, them to I me? I have my a... own thoughts. But also the the new speak uh, appendix at the end of the book, mm-hmm. it did make me think like, all right, in the in the book, they're on like the 11th edition of the new speak dictionary. Mm-hmm. Is this a 10 page dictionary? Hmm. Which it might be because yeah. that that's kind of the thing with new speak that the idea of getting rid of uh, words so that, you know, maybe if you finish the book, you might have answered your question. So people wouldn't have words to express things yeah. and then they couldn't violate things. Tim, do you remember uh, where we left off? He started falling in love. No, he was like full on in love. Yeah. He t- started and then right. continued. I'll, he was in love, but then they got caught. Winston right. and Julia got caught by the thought police. Not to be confused with the karma police. Arrest this man. From Radiohead. Yeah. Um, Tom, I, oddly enough, mm-hmm. I bought the sheet music for karma police <laughs> uh, to play on the piano. Oh. Today. Uh, not, not just randomly. You bought it. Like a PDF or you bought? Yeah, sheetmusicplus.com. Oh, okay. Not Are a plug. Are they a sponsor? What is the... Yeah, they're paying me a lot of money. <laughs> well, then I want some free sheet music. I paid three ninety nine. got Karma Police. I thought it was going to be a transcription of the actual... Yeah. But it was an arrangement oh. that included the vocal melody. And I thought, you know what? Actually, this is nice. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll learn this. It's probably... A transcription of the uh, Brad Westworld. Now? Oh yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I think Westworld maybe. Yeah, used, they used a bunch of Radiohead songs, and they had the vocal melody in the uh, yeah player piano. Well, I would. Uh, Tom, I look forward to playing the piano for you one day. <laughs> Dude, maybe you should play Karma Police, record it, and put it as the music for this episode. You nah. want to do that. This episode goes out like 12 hours. <laughs> you want to do that, right? Yes. So considering I bought the sheet music four hours ago. Yeah, you can sight read sheet music. <laughs> yeah. If you can't sight read, Tim, then I don't want to hear about your piano playing anymore. Sorry. <laughs> um. So, yeah, they got caught. And then uh, now we're in book three of uh, of this book. So it's okay. like the whole, final book of the, the book. The final book. And it's like, uh, like aside from the appendix and afterward, <laughs> which you right. read. But it's like, yeah, you know, this motherfucker got caught. This is, you know, the, the third act. He's fucked. Um <laughs> So he's in the cell now and he real. So in the cell, you know, he's in like solitary confinement, no windows, nothing. And just like bright lights on all the time. And he realizes that this is the place where there is no darkness, you know, that that he had a dream about. And they told uh, O'Brien, like, (laughs) unfortunately, the place where there is no darkness is this uh, solitary confinement cell. And like it just really sucks or actually (laughs) (laughs) to put it lightly. Yeah. In the beginning, actually he's in like, you know, like a, it almost sounds like a County lockup. Mm -hmm. There are a bunch of colorful characters in there. A bunch of proles are in there. This one woman, uh, who's like, like, Oh, your last name Smith. My last name Smith. I could be your mom. And then he's like, this actually could be my mom. Like the age is right. And he doesn't know what the hell happened to his mom. Um, And then like another guy comes in uh, and this, an inner party member who, uh, or outer party member, I guess, uh, but not a parole, but uh, a transcriber who was transcribing a uh, Rupert Kipling poem and uh, left the word God in because he was like, there just wasn't another word to substitute. And I was like, well, you should have come up with one because yeah. that's a big no, no, um, hmm, Bob. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so he's just stuck in here and he's like, Oh man, this sucks shit. I'm never getting out of here. Like they're gonna, I'm dead. And I don't know if they're going to kill me in 10 seconds or 10 years from now, but I'm dead. Uh, He's like, hopefully the brotherhood 
will send me a razor blade and then I can just use that to slit my throat. And then he's like, yeah, who am I kidding? I'm going to slit my throat. That sounds horrible. I'm not going to be able to go I through just that. I thought of doing that. Yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. want to do that. I, when I was reading this, I was thinking about like, all right, if like the, you know, facing the worst possible uh, thing. I, I still don't think I'd be able to bring myself to to do it. Like, it's a hard action. Yeah, but I don't know. You've never been that low. It's true. Yeah, maybe time will tell. Maybe I will eventually. Elliot Smith has stabbed himself right in the, ch- right in the heart. Well, if you believe that. I do. Um. So, but I don't, but even when he's thinking about this, I'm like, how the hell's the brotherhood going to get anything into this place? Like, no, you're, you're screwed, man. Like, did you uh, say that to the book? Yeah, I did. Uh, even though I didn't read the appendix, I did talk back to the book a lot. (laughs) Um, and then, uh, O'Brien comes in and O'Brien and he's like, oh my God, O'Brien, they got you too. He's like, yeah, they got me a long time ago. Uh, dip. Yeah, O'Brien, O'Brien was was dropping the dime on him. O'Brien was not who we thought, or not who Winston thought. Yeah, and he's like, well, yeah. not who. I, uh, honestly, I'm I'm surprised. Unless that was revealed to me last week, I was pretty drunk last week when we were. Doing uh, it this. wasn't this. Okay. This is the reveal of that. Okay. Um. But did everybody all... get? Did the audience gasp? <laughs> well, Tim, it's a book, so there isn't an audience. Uh, I gasped. No, I didn't. I, I said, I knew that I had also read the book before, but, um, but O'Brien's like, <laughs> seemed like you had, but <laughs> well, I definitely, so reading this part, I remembered why you read the Cliff's notes in high school. Didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Okay. Of book three, because book three is, um, like the, the least happens in it. Okay. Uh, this will make for an exciting episode of Books. <laughs> no, the it's like a lot of ideas okay. being put out, but not a lot of like action. Okay. And, and it's, it, I feel like it's slightly denser than the rest of the book uh, because you're dealing with characters in these like, you know, extreme situations that also are just like, you know, there, there. It's a little bit of an allegory, but at the same time, it's like this is unrelatable. Like there, there hasn't been anything in history that's been right. exactly like this. So you're having to wrap your head around character motivations and stuff that don't make sense on the surface. Um, but so after he tells Winston, like, yeah, uh, bad guy. Um, although he doesn't see it that way, he's like, you've always known this. And like Winston is like, shit, I did always know it. Like kind of being like you, you, this is why you went like you, you want to die. This is what you get. Exactly. Um, And we find out Winston's been watching him for seven years. So like basically from the beginning. That seems like a, wait. Uh, O'Brien's been watching. O'Brien's been watching Winston Uh, since like the beginning of like Winston. Seems like an inefficient way. Like, how big of a threat was Winston that they didn't just fucking kill him? So, like, they got this guy to tail him for seven years. You'll find out why they did it. Okay. As soon as you finish drinking the devil's ale, ale. Chapter two of book three. Uh, of 1984. So a lot of numbers. Uh, uh, you know, now, now they're like, all right, we gotta get you in a new cell and we're going to start the torture, of course. And O'Brien's like, uh, what, what did you do? What, what, why, what did you do that so bad? Why are you in here? Mm-hmm. And Winston's like, um, fell in love with a lady. Yeah. He's like, I carnal oh, knowledge I of a this, lady. And I had unlawful carnal knowledge. <laughs> I had, um, no, that surprisingly, they kind of don't give a shit about. Hmm. Um, but but I think that is one of the things he brings up. But basically, he's like, you know, I I was, you know, I had all these bad thoughts, and I I you know wanted to overthrow the government and stuff. And uh, O'Brien's like, oh, I'm gonna have to shock you for that, and you know, turns up the pain dial. Uh, pain dial goes from zero to a hundred. He turns it up to forty, and Winston like almost passes out. It Yeesh. hurts so bad. Um, He's like, no, 
your crime wasn't any of this shit. Like, you know, the the bungalow you had and like the book you read. Oh, Brian's like, oh, I wrote that book you read. Hmm. Um, which is Did crazy. Mason say, well done. You're yeah. one of my favorite authors. <laughs> well, he, I think he's too busy being in pain. Right. But Winston or, or O'Brien's like, your crime is that you didn't let the party control your memory. Like you refuse to let go of things you think happened. Like you thought you saw a picture. Remember the picture he like threw in the memory mm-hmm. hole, but he talked about like, that's the one time I held concrete evidence. He's like, you think you did that and you didn't. That picture never existed. Meanwhile, he takes. Well, then how does O'Brien know that he. Well, not only that, O'Brien takes the picture out. And like Winston can only like catch a glimpse of it before he throws in the memory hole. But, you know, he's like, no, your problem is like you're insane and you're holding on to these insane ideas. You didn't see that. That was a hallucination. Uh, and, and all these other things you think, you think we used to be at war with East or we used to be allied with East Asia. We were never allied with East Asia. So he's like kind of gaslighting him. Yeah. Um, and then he's like, uh, uh, Winston's like, uh, two and two equals four and like that. And I won't, I don't care if you say it equals five, I'll never admit that. And he's like, oh Yeah. How many fingers am I holding up? And he holds up four fingers and he's like, you're holding up four. He's like, nope, holding up five and like zaps him and just like keeps doing this until finally he's like five, five, you're holding up five fingers. Um, And now it gets to the point where when the pain stops, he is like falling in love with O'Brien. He's getting kind of like stock, not Stockholm syndrome, I guess, but like, you know, abusive. uh, Yeah, getting to the point where. He's uh, submissive. Or, yeah, yeah. Where it's like the the person causing this pain when he stops causing it, he's like, "Oh, thank God!" Yeah, yeah. He doesn't want to hurt me. He has to. And but when he stops, that's him being a good person. Um. So when uh or O'Brien. Manipulate. Do you think this is why the freaking Dilbert guy <laughs> what got into like persuasion and stuff? Do you think he was just like, well, uh, and this was all about women, right, for him? Mm. And so it's just like, I can figure out a way to like trick people, yeah, women, trick their brains mm. into like thinking that like when I'm doing a when I'm letting up on being bad that i'm being good even though i'm the one being bad like do you think this is what draws psychopaths to the persuasion a hundred percent i mean that's you know the whole uh like pickup artist persuasion thing of scott adams a great uh, man of uh like negging like yeah hey when you see somebody that you know is hot and you want to have sex with them like go up to them and be like your shoes are ugly yeah and then they'll they'll want to get your approval yeah um so O'Brien drops some knowledge on him and he's like, hey, here's why we do this. Here, here's the whole thing. He's like, we learn from the Spanish Inquisition and the Nazis and the Soviets that the, the place where all of them fucked up was people who were against them. They took them and they killed them. And then those people became martyrs. We do not produce martyrs. So we Mm -hmm. are not just going to kill you. Here's what we are going to do. We're going to fix you. We're going to cure you of these bad thoughts so that you see reality, quote unquote, you know, his version of reality, and that you come to love Big Brother, then we'll kill you. (laughs) Uh, And like basically no matter how long that takes. Wait, he just gave up the whole game? Yeah, because he's Hmm. basically because he also tells them like, you know, and we're going to be sure we're not, you know, if you're like, oh, no, I love Big Brother. We're not going to be like, okay, we'll end your suffering. We'll kill you. That's like, no, we're going to brainwash you. We're going to, you know, wipe everything out of your brain. We're going to rebuild you 
so that you but better yeah that that you understand all this and you agree with all this then we'll kill you and that way nobody's ever a martyr because everybody dies genuinely loving big brother and genuinely thinking what they did was wrong and and agreeing with all this right um and uh he tells them the only matter that exists so basically, oh, he also tells them, um, uh, he's like, oh, yeah, he he asked Winston, I think, like, you know, why do you think we're doing all this? And he's like, because, you know, you think this is good for society. This is good for everybody. If you run the world this way, run the country this way. He's like, no, we're doing this for power, <laughs> limitless power. That's what we want. And that's what this produces. We're going to be around for thousands of years. And that's our only goal, not to make life better for people, not to show them a better way, just power. Tom, are you motivated by power? No. Uh, accumulating, amassing power? No, I'm not. I don't think I am. Yeah. Yeah. But every time I've had a taste of power, <laughs> I've enjoyed it. Me too. Yeah. I, I think I'm just too stupid to associate like, yeah. oh, that's what I like. Same. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he basically lays everything out of just like, nope, like we don't have some stupid ideology of like, we're doing good. He's like, no, we don't even think about that. All we think about is power. Um, hey, uh, Brian sounds a little bit like uh, Mitch McConnell. Am I right? <laughs> Um, he, uh, um, also tells him that, uh, Julia betrayed him like immediately, you know, but I think, do you think this is the prisoner's dilemma? Uh, yeah, I think it is like, you know, just meant to like break his spirit yeah. and it's like, maybe she did, maybe she didn't. It doesn't matter. That's not what the point she of in telling the book him ever again. Yes. Oh. Um, so like torture ends for the day and yeah, you know, I guess all the boys are wrapping everything up and he's like, uh, we got a few minutes to kill. You got any questions for me? <laughs> Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I think it's like part of it though, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because the answers. It's not like unsanctioned. Like Yeah. He, so like Winston asked him, he's like, does Big Brother exist? Does Big Brother actually exist? Because throughout the book, uh, we don't know if this actually is a real. You're led to believe like, no, it's not. It's uh, an avatar of, Mm. uh, you know, uh, a friendly overlord or whatever. Um, He's like, I don't know what you mean. He's like, does he exist? And he's like, I I don't understand the question. He's like, does he exist like I exist? And O'Brien's answer is, you don't exist. He's like, what? He's like, you don't exist. He's like, so, you know, you're not like Big Brother because you don't exist, Um, which is a way because basically, you know, and he's like, nobody's going to remember you. All records of you are going to be erased. That's how I feel about myself. Well, and I mean, you know, I think it's a human thing that we're terrified of. I'm terrified uh, of it. I'm I think I'm. Uh, accepting of it. Yeah. Well, didn't you say you're scared of it? What do you mean? You're scared of not existing? No. Okay. Well, but I think- I'm scared of dying. Right. like, once I die, do you whatever don't, you You want. don't care if nobody remembers you, if you have no what legacy? What do remember me for? I don't know. Well, the Timbo sandwich. <laughs> exactly. Tim, that was the whole thing. You wanted to have a legacy. Yeah, the sandwich. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, what if you what if you were in here and O'Brien was like, and guess what? The Timbo sandwich is going to be a race. Well, that's fucked up. And well, nobody will ever remember it. Nobody well, will ever make that that's sandwich a, again. That's a, that's a sick lie, Tom, and you know it. <laughs> um, so that that's his answer about Big Brother. And then he's like, does the brotherhood exist? Uh, you know, the rebel uprising. And O'Brien's basically like, good question. You will never know the answer to that. I will not tell you. Nobody else will tell you. You'll never know if they exist or not. Um, and then he's like, all right. Yeah, you got time for one more. And then we got to throw the commercial. Um, what? And Winston asks him, uh, what is in room 101? 
Uh, did I mention Room 101 yet? No. That that came up earlier where it's like, uh, that's what everybody's afraid of. That it's like, if you get brought to Room 101, you you don't want to be brought to Room 101. It's like, you know, the Red Room or whatever. Like, right. I um, don't understand the reference, but I understand so he's like, from what, your what, tone. What's in Room 101? And he's like, you know what's in Room 101. And that's all he says about it. Um, cause this guy's answer, this Q and a session the, is the, bullshit. <laughs> the poet, uh, 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 the, or the translator, he got brought to room one Oh one. Right. And he was like screaming like, no chapter three. Um, how many chapters are in book three? Six. Okay. Uh, I only ask cause I have to pee. <laughs> Winston. Uh, Oh, Oh, I brought the subarray. I think this is actually when it happens when Winston says like the party's doing everything for everybody's good and he's and O'Brien's like no it's for power. Um uh oh no this is what I said. Well I got notes saying the same thing in two places. These chapters do repeat themselves a bunch too. Um he uh That's how you get people to believe your your bullshit repetition. Yeah, exactly. So he makes Winston take all his clothes off and look at himself in a mirror. And Winston's like, boy, I look like shit. Winston's lost like 25 kilograms. He's. Uh, what is uh, that? Like 100 pounds? Sure. It's about 100 pounds. Uh, no, maybe like 50 pounds. Okay. Um, oh, a man. lot. Now you've piqued my interest. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of weight. I think about two kilograms per pound, 1.8, something like that. Um, but like. He just looks like hell. He looks like he's aged 20 years. Uh, like his, he's like, uh, what? 25 kilograms is 55.11. Okay, pounds. there we go. Uh, 2.2 kilograms per pound. I guess so. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, you know, like emaciated. He's like all hunched over. He looks like shit. And like, he realizes that he doesn't, he hadn't seen what he looks like. And O'Brien's like, look, your hair's falling out. He like pulls at his hair and like a bunch just comes out. He's like, you have 11 teeth left. And then he's like, hold on a sec. Grabs one of the teeth and yanks it out of his head. And he's like, well, now you got 10. And, you know, it's just meant to like demoralize him and like break him down even more. Um, uh, But O'Brien does acknowledge that... um, He's like, you know, you didn't sell out Julia. You didn't give her up. But the thing is, like, he did. He he talked. He told them everything they wanted to know about Julia. So, like, he did say, you know, if they any questions they had, he he told them under torture. But he never like renounced his love for her. Mm. And O'Brien kind of like gives like, oh, you didn't do this. And like again, he feels like emotions towards O'Brien like oh he likes me like he's proud of me or whatever like he acknowledged this um and then he's like well you know don't worry about it uh you'll be cured soon soon and then you know we'll put a bullet in your head after right after you're cured all of this just seems like taunting to me yeah I mean it basically is so then we I don't think I would enjoy going through this so during this whole time like winston has like no idea how time is passing he he can't see outside so he doesn't know day and night he like has hunches about where he is based on air pressure like when he thinks he's like underground or when Mm. he thinks he's high up because they like move him around a bunch but as far as like because they keep like putting him under they keep sedating him too and it seems like maybe sometimes they sedate him for like weeks or months on end um so he's just completely doesn't know what the hell's going off his game yeah but he gets transferred to a new cell he starts getting fed three times a a day um and things kind of get better he's treated better and like he he's gaining weight again he's feeling better um it's a trick. It's a trick. Well, I know it. And basically he's like, 
he want you know at this point he's like i yeah i just want to die i don't want to be tortured anymore um so he's like trying to convince himself like they give him like a pad of paper and a pen or whatever and he writes down like you know uh the party slogans and tries to convince himself that they're real um but then he's uh being transferred one day i think he's being transferred but out of nowhere to like his horror too he just starts yelling out julia's name Hmm. he's like oh no like that's not gonna be good um he wants to bottle it up like his idea is like I'm going to suppress all of this. I'm going to trick them into thinking they, they got me. And then like right before they kill me, I'm going to think I hate big brother. And then I win. I win not loving big brother. They lose. Nobody would know this except him. I would give up on trying to win anything. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think I'd do well under like (laughs) re-education. I don't think you would either. Do you think you would? No, of course not. Do you think you would be like, I'd be the guy that beats it? No, I would be the guy that would be like, look, whatever you want me to say, I'll say, which is basically what Winston's trying to do. And they're like, nope, we don't want you to say it. We want you to believe it. Um, and he just keeps thinking about, uh, uh, like he, he's like, nobody's ever told me this, but I basically think like one day they're going to move me from a cell. And like, as soon as I'm like walking down the hallway, they're going to shoot me in the back of the head. Like that's just not going to come with any warning whatsoever. Um, but like I said, he yelled out all these things and, uh, O'Brien's like, you done fucked up. And he's like asking him questions. And Winston tells him, like, I hate Big Brother. I don't love him. I mm. hate him. And he's like, Well, you're gonna learn to love Big Brother in room 101. Oh. Chapter four, room 101. Chapter five. Uh oh, nice. he, he's clamped to a chair and uh like he can't move at all. Even like the back of his head is somehow clamped. And uh by the hair? Yeah, maybe. No, because his hair comes out at this point hmm. so i think it's i don't know how they're the doing skin it. maybe the skin of his head um but he's like yeah welcome to room 101 uh in room 101 whatever you fear most is what happens and guess what it's like ayahuasca yeah <laughs> he tells it, it winston have you ever done ayahuasca do you, it's like i want to do ayahuasca tom once no, all you've this? asked me this i never want to do why ayahuasca. not I would be interested in doing... Don't you think you'd come out a better man? No, I would be interested in doing mushrooms for that, but not ayahuasca. I don't want to throw up. You don't want to throw up. Come on. (laughs) Well, but also because like, you know, the like, oh, you confront your worst fears. Whereas like, it sounds like if you take mushrooms, it's like, ah, like you hang out with some gnomes or something and they tell you how everything works. Yeah, I'd like to do them both. We'll do (laughs) them both this summer. Um. Tom, this is going to be a cool summer for us. (laughs) So the worst thing in the world for Winston is rats. You don't Mm. like rats. So they've got this uh, contraption that is basically like. They brought in Willard. (laughs) No, they bring in this contraption that's basically like a fencer's helmet that has two rat cages on the side of it. And they're going (laughs) to clamp it onto his head. This is creative. Yeah. And then open up the two cages and these two huge starving rats are just going to eat his face. Wow. And that's, you know, that's the worst thing that they, you know, he could imagine. And like he kind of says, like, for some people, it's like being buried alive. For some people, it's heights or whatever. I mean, the rats doesn't sound good. I don't think I have one thing. I think I probably have a lot. I think it would probably be like, look, we can put this guy up on top of a building and tell him we're going to push him off. We could drown him. We could start burying him. Like I have a lot of like, I don't want to die that way. Thank you. Um, So uh, they they're about to. And he's explaining like sometimes the rats go for the eyes first. Sometimes they claw through the cheeks and eat the tongue first. But the, I'm thinking like they do that. I'll bite those rats. Hmm. Show them. Um, they probably just bring in more rats. Yeah, probably. 
And they probably tell those rats, don't go in his mouth. They'll bite you. Yeah. Or there's probably other things they can do instead of going in the yeah, mouth. Yeah, they could probably just put like a mouth guard in. Or they'd put his, pull his teeth out or something. Yeah, first. I mean, he doesn't. Yeah, I forgot. He's only got 10 teeth. Yeah. So he's not going to do much damage to these big rats. Um, but he, he finally cracks for real. And the way he cracks is he starts screaming out, torch, do this to Julia instead. Ooh. Don't do it to me. Do it to Julia. What a jerk. Yeah. So now he has finally betrayed Julia. That That's what they needed to, to get to crack him. Chapter six. Final chapter, except for the appendix and the afterword. Which you didn't read. No. Um, he's in the Chestnut Tree Cafe. Okay. Which I think I mentioned earlier, which is where like... Uh, uh, bad people sometimes hang out. Like, uh, you know, I, I think. So he's out. He's, he's out. The, it worked. His gambit worked of selling at well, his girlfriend. And like Winston or, or O'Brien tells him at some point, like, like, look, you're going to get a bullet in your brain eventually. But, you know, it could happen 10 seconds from now. It could happen 10 years from now. We might let you go. And do it later. <laughs> like you just will, won't know. But in this case, they do let him out. He goes to a chestnut tree cafe, which apparently. So I think he mentioned earlier that it's where like some of the like revolutionaries hung out. Mm-hmm. But uh, here it's described as uh, a place where like ex party members are allowed to go. So he's like not a parole. But he's okay. not a party member anymore either. And he talks about how basically they've like broken him to the point where they don't care about him anymore. That they're like, oh, you can, you can, like, we're going to let you go. You can go do whatever you want. Like, you're not going to be, you're not, I guess, it we kind don't of even almost think about you anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's the ultimate burn. It's the yeah. worst torture. Um, no, I mean, I guess he's almost like a parole where it's just like you're, you know, you're not, you're no longer a threat. We've neutralized you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's just like sitting in here drinking victory gin after victory gin. And he talks about how they taste worse each one. <laughs> like it does it, even though he's getting drunk, it doesn't taste better. Um, and he remembers the one time he saw Julia, uh, they were walking. Uh, he was walking and he saw her. She had a big scar on her face, which makes you wonder like, oh, did they sick the rats on her? Is that why she's got this huge scar? And like she is, you know, I think much like him just looks like shit. Mm-hmm. But he puts his arm around her. And uh, he's like, she's like thick. And uh, what does he say? Thick, thick and stiff. T-H-I-C-C. Not, not I don't. I guess, but not in a good way. Okay. Um, and they like talk and they basically both acknowledge that they betrayed each other. That like, so he said, do this to her. And she was like, yeah, I did the same thing. I told hmm. them to do it to you. Um, and they're like, all right, well, big of them to both admit that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they're like, Hey, we should do this again sometime. But they, they both know that they won't. Right. And like, he no longer feels any, he's like repulsed by her. He He's not all horned up about her anymore. Um, and Winston, now we're back in the cafe. He's back from his daydream and he's thinking about the song lyrics under the spreading chestnut tree. Under the sea. <laughs> He's thinking about his favorite song from Little Mermaid. He the the rhyme under the spreading chestnut tree, and remember he's in the chestnut tree cafe. I sold you and you sold me. Which is what he and Julia did to each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No commentary from you, please. He thinks about uh oh, I thought there was more to the song. No, no. Uh um, that's why I asked you for no commentary, which was rude, I'm sorry. He thinks about um, a time he was happy with his mom and sister playing shoots and ladders. Hmm. Uh, snakes and ladders, I think, is what was referred to here. UK. Same yeah. game. Yeah. Um, 
But then he's like, nah, that's probably a false memory that and like it's not. It's definitely like a real right. memory. But he's been so brainwashed. That he's like, oh, that memory, then that. Yeah, that can't be true. I, you know, I don't think he even thinks about it. like I didn't have a mother or anything. He's just like, no, it's a false memory. Um, there is a telescreen on in the cafe and they're like, we got a breaking news alert about the war. And, and everybody's like, oh, fuck. The war's not going well. That's what the news alert's going to be. But they're like, guess what? The war went great. Uh, Are you know the 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 bad guys, Eurasia? I think at this point they were storming like our our you know colonies in Africa or whatever. But uh, guess what? We snuck around behind them, and then mm-hmm. we defeated them from behind, and now. We have the whole African continent. You know, we took over there. This, this was a major victory. And uh, um, Winston's like thrilled. Everybody's cheering. Big Brother's on the screen. And he thinks, I love Big Brother. And then the book ends. Presumably because he got shot in the back of the head. Hmm. Right, right when he had that thought. And then the book ends. And like the Sopranos, huh? Yeah, very. I think they ripped off the Sopranos. I'm glad you yeah. said it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and maybe they didn't. Maybe they just told him that that's what they do. Uh, because that's the thing we haven't heard about. You know, he knows of people who have been vaporized, people who have been disappeared. Mm-hmm. And he, he never mentions like, oh, this one guy disappeared for like a year and then he came back looking like shit. And also like... Do they just shoot people in a cafe? I mean, they could, you no, know. But has he seen that happen? He hasn't. But like, if other people have, he hasn't heard about it. They could just get memory hold. Exactly. Like, they could have come in, shot him, and then killed everybody in that cafe. Yeah. It's just so nobody would ever know that that's what happened. Uh, you know, it, it ends in a very ambiguous way. Well, they got him. Either way, they got him, Tom. Yeah, pretty much. That's like maybe they didn't shoot him in the head right then, but, you know, he's always going to be worried about that or he's not going to care about that because, uh, you know, this is uh, slavery is freedom. That's, you know, like he starts to understand what they mean by that, that like this that like his body is a prison, his thoughts and his emotions. That's the real enemy. Uh, and once he can like escape those, then everything's fine. Uh, and that's what, you know, they're helping him to do. I don't know. Either way, they got him. He loves Big Brother. He loves Big Brother and he may or may not be dead. He's almost certainly dead, though. Don't because... stop. <laughs> exactly. We know from The Sopranos. That that's probably what happened. Yeah, I mean, he's in a cafe. I don't know if the door keeps opening and he keeps looking over to it when the bell goes off. Yeah. If if his daughter's parallel parking outside, mm-hmm. having a tough time. Um, but yeah, I when I was when I read this in high school, I misremembered it again because I think I skimmed the last book. It went down the memory hole. Um, I thought Julia was in on it too. Hmm. But it, it doesn't seem like she was. It seems like she genuinely was. Uh, I mean, her thing was she was different from him, that she was just like, oh, I just like want to go against the grain. I don't want to like overthrow the government. I'm not really thinking just about it that deep. Bone. and Yeah, I just cool. want to bone yeah. and, and be filthy for you, Winston. Well, Tom. I think we'll have a lot more to discuss after I watch the movie next week. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts on the book? Uh, no, it's good. It's a good book. Like, uh, <laughs> I think it's a lot more complex than like, you know, the the ideas that have invaded pop culture yeah. about uh, 1984. And like, there's there's definitely things going on in this. Then I'm like, oh shit, that's kind of like X in the real world, but you don't hear about Puck, Puck, Judd. <laughs> oh, that real world. No, <laughs> not the real world, San Francisco. Tim, uh. the real world, New York. Oh, with Eric. 
<laughs> and uh, Heather. Heather. Did you watch the reunion? No, I you didn't. You gotta watch the reunion, Dove. It's the best. All right, I'll it's watch it. It's the best it. thing I've watched on TV this year. Do I have to sign up for Paramount Plus? Yeah, but you can get a free trial. All right, sign up for a free trial and give it to me, and I'll watch it, maybe. Mm, I have it. I kept it. Wow. Then give me it. <laughs> I forgot to uh, cancel, cancel it. for the next month. <laughs> You're just going to watch that special again. I am, and there's a lot of there's a lot of seasons of the real world there, Tom. It's Tom, true. I have breaking news. Yes, a man has died. Who? <laughs> Why are you looking at your computer while we're recording? I was looking at my phone. Don't look at people who died. You're gonna be happy <laughs> that I that I check this. You're not gonna be happy that this man died. <laughs> All right, but you're gonna be glad to know we've lost F. Lee Bailey. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. We were just talking about him last week. I know. He uh, he defended O.J. Simpson, Patty mm. Hearst, and the Boston Strangler. <laughs> all, um, all of America's sweethearts he, uh, he defended. And he, and he hosted that special about Paul McCartney being killed. Yeah. Uh, how old do you think? F. Lee Bailey was. I don't know, 5,000 years old. Yeah, right? Old. <laughs> 87, which is old, but I was like, I thought he was at least 10 years older than that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I thought he was in his 90s for yeah. sure. He's been around a long time. Accomplished mm. a lot. Rest in peace. R.I.P. F. Lee Bailey. Um, watch along and uh, for for the, uh, the movie next week. Do you think his friends called him Lee or F? Lee. Or Bale. Bill? B- Bailey. Oh, Bailey. Yeah. Or Bill. I don't think he had any friends. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week.